Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Roshan. What a weekend of football! Indeed, oh what a gosh. weekend, right? I feel like at this point we continue to repeat what a weekend of football, but this weekend really lived up to that billing. I mean, capped by that eight-goal thriller at the bridge. No one saw it coming. We put out a contest. No one got the correct answer, hey, so, unsurprisingly. So snowball, la, the price. Snowball. Uh, we're going to be doing another giveaway. Keep your ears peeled for that, but it's going to be just as exciting. You know, I have many questions about this game that I want to ask you uh, about in, in a while, but uh, while it's still a bit fresh, it seems the VAR conversation won't end. Mm. Now, I caught up with Manchester United legend Gary Neville. We were supposed to talk about a property business that'll air on the evening runway, but eight minutes in, he just couldn't help himself. He, he just had to talk about VAR. Have a listen. VAR <laughs> is something that it's not going away. Um, what we need to do is find out how VAR can become part of the theatre of the game, and that means they have to do what rugby do, which is they have to communicate what's going on in the VAR studio in Stockley Park in the UK, which is where obviously all the VAR refs are, and they have to communicate to the referees on the pitch. We have to see it on the screen so the fans in the stadium and the fans at home know everything that's going on. At the moment, I'm probably one of only two people when I'm commentating on a game that knows what's going on. Yeah. I've got the VAR screen, I've got the, the feedback yeah. in my ear, why should I be the only person that can hear it? And I'm having to try and communicate that then to uh, the fans at home. It's not right. So they need to, VR's not going away, but they need to make it a better experience for fans in the stadium and fans at home because they're losing people at this moment in time. Why not a proper AI that can actually measure more than your big toe being offside? We can't even we can't do VAR, let alone AI. I mean, seriously. I mean, I know you're ahead of things here in Singapore, but you're right. I mean, we'll get to the point now where, but we've got that really. I think we've got consistency with offsides. We've got consistency with goal line decisions and goal line technology. We're actually the most accurate we've ever been. The problem we've got is that it, these subjective decisions, which is, is it a penalty? Yeah, is it a red yeah. card? Is it a yellow card? That's where people will always disagree. Yeah. So when people say the referee had a shocker there. How can we say the referees are the shocker when two people in the same yeah. studio can't agree with themselves whether it's a penalty or it's not yeah. a penalty or it's a goal or it's not a goal or it's a foul or it's not a foul? So for me, the idea that we say refs have shockers when we all disagree on the same decision is just a nonsense. It's an opinion. Yeah. And we will, always be defi- we will always be divided on these subjective decisions. Gary, I appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you very much. appreciate your time. I was just glad that was not Roy Keane. But I feel that he's he's echoing what you mentioned, that even though this is something that people are not happy about, it creates a talking point for the game, and we should accept that. Yeah, I think it's just getting to grips with that. I think tribalism plays a big part. By the way, just for the record, I have to say, when you said you were speaking to him, I did ask you if you'll speak football. You said no, but right after the interview, yeah. you texted and said, yes, he is. So exciting. And like you say, he couldn't help himself, could he? Actually, I didn't even know I was seeing him in person. <laughs> and this my producers tend to give me a present every now and then. Okay, we are talking to this person about uh, football. It's a pre-record. So, okay, I turned up. And uh, they were very strict about it. I had like five people on each side talking about the property development, which will air. And he just go, can we talk about football? (laughs) Your boss said it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, who are we to disagree with Gary Neville, right? But coming back to VAR, I think... I think he makes some fair observations, not for the first time, obviously, but he does talk about it's the subjective decisions that are yeah. grey almost, yeah. right? And I, I mean, a referee would do the same thing as well, right? And he makes that fair point. He talks about people in studio disagreeing. Mm-hmm. There have mm-hmm. been episodes where me and you disagree. Yep. We've brought fans on, experts on, and they all have differing opinions. But again, 
to that point, it creates talking points. It gives us a reason to sit down and do episodes. So why not? It's true. And and I guess, you know, like what he said at the start, VAR is, is here to stay. We have to accept it and... It, I mean, the game from the past was so different. You remember the... It just brought me back memories. You remember uh, once upon a time in the centre circle of a football stadium, uh, left striker passes ball to right striker to start the game. Mm. Now it's a back pass. Yeah. Now <laughs> now it's not even the striker who kicks us off. More often than not, it's the attacking yeah. midfielder who comes in and kicks us sure. off. So the game is evolving yeah. tactically yeah. as well as structurally, but... So is everything that surrounds the game. And I think we need to embrace it. I don't think Arsenal fans will take too kindly to what I'm saying, but I think it's time to get over it. And the best way to get over it is by winning football matches. And that's exactly what they did this past weekend. It's true. I mean, uh, what an amazing uh, uh, win for Arsenal, showing that character to bounce back 3-1 against Burnley. Uh, Quite a few good games as well. Uh, Before we get to the Chelsea one, um, I assume you saw the Manchester United one? Yes, I did. Yes, I I did. I did too. Yeah. You rarely hear me say this, but <laughs> I, I watched it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say this on air, right? Yep. I had a bit of an early morning on Saturday going to a wedding I had to go to. So the game was at 11 o'clock and I was a bit tired. Oh, okay. And okay. I was like, can I put myself through it? So I put myself through the first half. Uh. And as a Manchester United fan, I fell asleep like, in the second half. No way! I, I really did. I really did. Wow. I really, I mean, I woke I mean, up. So it was a horrible game. Eh? It was. And, and that's been said of Manchester United yeah. all the way through this season. Right? But hey, Manchester United, the most informed team in the Premier League, you know? What, two wins in two? <laughs> Four wins out of the last five. No team has done better. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, I, I mean, levels. <laughs> I think I'd rather hear stories about that wedding you were at. My gosh, <laughs> amazing stuff. Um, was this a shocker for you, Bournemouth beating Newcastle 2-0? It was. Yeah. It was. I, I know Newcastle have had their injury worries. And look, coming into this season, it was always going to be difficult handling the Champions League as well as the mm-hmm. Premier League for someone like Eddie Howe. He hasn't been helped by the injuries as well. But if Newcastle are to keep up that momentum yeah. to push for the top four, they cannot afford to let injuries hamper them like yeah. this. Have you seen that brilliant video? Newcastle fan arguing with Kieran Trippier post-match. So what do you think of that? He went up to the fans going, have you heard about the injuries? Yes. Have you seen the list? I think that's nonsense. Trippier is doing like what Eric Dyer did. Yeah. Perhaps maybe Eric Dyer's situation was a bit more personal, but Trippier should just walked off. Look, you don't need to get into that. They can see it themselves. Why are we as a society, becoming so defensive. And also, also, I say this as a Manchester United fan mm. who more often than not, Manchester United fans are labelled as entitled. Yeah. Yeah. That fan, that Newcastle fan who called out Kieran Trippier and the rest of the team is being super entitled. Yes. Newcastle have punched well above their weight. Okay, granted, they've had financial banking, but they've done so well to question your captain after... Come on, yeah. It's the Premier League. It's the best league in the world. Anyone can beat anybody. You cannot cannot vilify your captain like that. I can see your point about Trippier should have walked away, but I feel Trippier as club captain felt the need to address it as well. And all things said and done, I think the Newcastle fan will come to terms with the, the the problems that the club are facing in terms of injury. And mm. we talk about the international break coming at a good time. Yeah. I think Newcastle will be thankful for this international break just so they can get some warm fit bodies back into the team. I mean, I, I honestly, if I'm a fan of, of Newcastle, I think it's fine. I mean, your, your club is at a, at a better 
better stage than it was the past couple of years. Uh, and it's a process, right? Let's not be entitled to expecting so soon. As Manchester United fans, we should know. It's interesting, though, that after that incident, um, on social media, I found Manchester United, not to bring the conversation back, but they started to list out their injury list. Mm. And it's it's long. And it's oh, horrendously long. And the scary part to that is, over the weekend, two more names were added yeah. to that. Now we're going to be missing Manchester... I say we. Now Manchester United are going to be missing Christian Eriksen for a prolonged period. They're and, going to be missing uh, Hoyland, Hoyland for yeah. extended period. So it's adding up. But just a remark on that Manchester United injury situation. It reached a stage where it's not just bad luck anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There must be something that's going on in terms of the training regime being too much for the players. Oh. I, I do think... We talk about an international break, getting mm. players back to fitness. Mm-hmm. I think Eric Ten Hag needs to spend this recalibrating the training and the recovery process because it's, true it's by no accident that there it's is such enough. a long injury list and at some point you're going to run out of players. No, the fact of the matter is, and, and as a semi-pro athlete myself, I can tell you the fact of the matter is you are going to get injured. Now, when you have these niggling injuries, which are a little bit, I'm not trying to say that I know better, but I will say that you have to manage those situations. Mm. And given how thin the squad is, even Newcastle for that matter, putting your body on the line while we criticise and hope that more people would do that, let's not forget, you've got to manage the situation. If, if it walks away, one nil, ugly win, good for you. And there are longer-term implications yes. to playing through yes. the pain as well, right? Yes. We saw Marcus Rashford all those years ago play with that back injury and then had to, Look unfortunately... Happened, right? Exactly. And part of me thinks Marcus Rashford is carrying something now because the body language just doesn't yeah. seem right yeah. but you need to be wary of injuries and speaking of injuries Roy, Roy Keane will say something to that uh, what would it be? the poor leadership <laughs> this is absolutely terrible <laughs> I hope you gave Gary Neville your best no, no, Roy Keane impersonation <laughs> that, that was another problem <laughs> but, but to your point in terms of injuries look at Spurs started the season flying yes unbeaten until last week yes and then now injuries and suspensions have crept up to be fair Wolves are a team revitalised under Gary mm. O'Neill mm. but Spurs just didn't have the legs for it and Postacoglu said as much post-match. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is but at the end of the day, I mean, you accept it because you've had a good run. Okay, you have a... 2-1 is respectable and right now, going into the international break, like you mentioned, it's about managing that situation. But I really, really want to talk about Chelsea 4, Manchester City 4. Where do we four. start? Okay, we start with a very vanilla question. Is the scoreline a reflection of how good Chelsea was or how bad Manchester City was or, sh- or should I swap that around? I think it's a reflection of how good Chelsea are, really. Really? I think so because, hey, they've scored eight goals in the past two weeks having struggled in the I past know. two games, rather. Nico having Jackson struggled is for the most on-form striker. <laughs> exactly. And and to go toe-to-toe with Manchester City is yeah. no easy feat and I think Chelsea can take a lot of heart from that. I, I've seen <laughs> some of the goals, not the highest yeah. level of defending, let's yeah. say, but what an advert for Premier League football and I feel this Chelsea team needed a few results for Pochettino's ideas to go through. Okay, okay. And I think the circumstances of scoring it as well, 90 plus 5, getting an equaliser, someone like Cole Palmer, who's now in the England squad all of a sudden, yeah. I think this will have big knock-on effects for the rest of the season for Chelsea. You need to go Google, and, and I'm, people have been putting this up, you need to go Google this photograph of Cole Palmer, who, who is an ex-Manchester City I, player. I know where you're going. <laughs> Listening in on the, the, the tactics and the discussion, I'm like, oh my god, this is so funny. His jersey, just a few shades bluer <laughs> to get noticed right but yeah it's brilliant and he wasn't the only former player scoring Raheem Sterling scored against uh, his old club as yeah, well yeah. so overall what a game of football that was and I think it's one of those freak results that that 
chances are you will see every few years. Yeah. But just look at the title race. It's really propping up the table in terms of City dropping points, Arsenal in the mix, Liverpool in the mix, Spurs in the mix, and even Aston Villa, dare I say it. Yeah, I mean, it comes back to that initial point that Gary Neville said, that VAR is here to stay, and it kind of wraps, comes full circle in the sense that it's because of these little moments that we have these conversations that you and I are having that again shows that the Premier League is the best football league in the world. Uh, question marks whether it's the best football league, but pound for pound entertainment, the Premier League has to be right up there. Sports minutes on Money FM eighty nine point three.